worship team, great job. Great job. Would y'all give them a hand clap? They just do a great job. And the ushers and the sound team, and it just takes a lot of phenomenal people to, to do what all this, the team does. And uh, so if this is your home church, you're a blessed people. Amen. If this is not your home church and you're just visiting today and you live close by, please pray about this becoming your home church. Amen. Uh, it is, it's always fun to be in the presence of the Lord. You know, like Pastor Daniel said, we, uh, we live in Texas, and uh, our home church is Heritage of Faith, uh, where uh, Dr. Uh, Jerry Savelle, he's the founding pastor, and I'll teach there some on Wednesday nights when I'm in town, but usually we're across the, the world somewhere every Sunday at different churches and different type of venues, and um, we left Texas Thursday night, I believe, after the rodeo at Belton, Texas, and drove all the way straight through, through Cheyenne, uh, got there fr- uh Friday afternoon and did a rope and school all day there yesterday and then got in about four this morning and um, and so uh, but we've got strength for our days and so we'll be be here today and we got a rodeo Bible camp up the next three days at Copper Springs Ranch uh, till Wednesday and I'll teach every night uh, Monday night Tuesday night then I'll teach Wednesday morning and um, and I'll be teaching the roping uh, side of it also and and then we're up in uh, Casper, Wyoming at the rodeo Wednesday night, and then Sheridan, Wyoming Thursday morning, uh, and Thursday night back to Casper Friday morning, Laramie, Wyoming Friday night, uh, Steamboat, Colorado Saturday, then do a school Walcott, Colorado Sunday. They got services Monday, Tuesday. So we got a lot going on. Pray for us. Uh, yes, yes, uh, it's it's uh, it's good what God's doing. You know, we're, we're getting to, to be a part of a lot of neat stuff. If there's, you can follow us on all the social media stuff. You can download Trey Johnson Ministries app on your phone. And we have uh, Being Your Best with Trey Johnson. It's a TV show that's on Israel TV Network that's in every country of the world now, twice a day. And you can watch show after show after show. We've kind of hit a little lull. Um, we've been having some technical difficulty with the producers and stuff, but we just hired a, a, a new TV production guy for our ministry, uh, that, so that will be increasing again. And then we also went on a new network, started this past Sunday, uh, that covers all of West Texas and New Mexico on their local stations, but you can watch it, and there's bookmarks uh, on the table where you can watch us and stuff, um, so you can get on online, there's other ways you can follow and watch the show and everything, and it was so funny. Thank God for moms. My mom texted last night and said, they have you in the TV guide as Terry. <laughs> I said, well, at least it's not Cherry, right? <laughs> um, and so it is, uh, you know, like uh, Pastor Daniel said, you know, when we say God is faithful, it's not just a religious term to us. You know, ever since I gave my life to the Lord, I told the Lord, I, I just want to know you. I want to know that the Word of God is real. And as I've gone through my journey and I've discovered, okay, what I'm called to do in the ministry, and, you know, next month I'll be uh, in, I do a lot of leadership development, and I'll be in a room with leaders from all over the world, leaders of nations, and I'll be facilitating meetings with several thousand uh, coaches with the John Maxwell organization uh, in Florida, be spending several days with them there. And I'll just look around at the leaders and stuff that I get to be around, and it just makes me laugh sometimes because I'm just like, a cowboy from West Texas, really, Lord? This is only you could do something like this. Um, but like Pastor Daniel said, you know, when, when God becomes real to you, uh, church, playing church is not enough. Just being religious, that don't even compute with me. And so whenever 
we get into God's word this morning, we want you to know that our God is faithful. And God watches over his word to performance. And God's word is real to those who will believe it. And those who will do it. And those who will live it. It's not for the ones that just want to come through church on the way to lunch. You will get your tail kicked in life. But as a blood-bought, born-again child of God, when you begin to apply the word, you get to a point where defeat doesn't even compute in your mind. No matter what sickness you face, no matter what obstacle you face, you know that there is a solution in Christ Jesus. You know that there is a way to overcome. You know there is a way that God will show up and perform His word on your behalf. It doesn't matter what it looks like, even if it is so beyond your mind, God is faithful. 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 God is faithful to watch over His word. And God shows his faithfulness to faithful people. Faithful people. Say, that's me. If you hadn't been faithful, today is your day to make a decision to get faithful. A faithful man abounds with blessing. A faithful person is an ambassador of health and healing. A faithful person flourishes and thrives and increases and expands and grows. A faithful person becomes someone on the inside and lives it on the outside. Faithful person does not know how to quit or back off or cave in or quit because they're faithful to God. They're faithful to the covenant relationships in their life. They're faithful to stay in the process. Faithful. Say faithful. That's you. Say that's me. Now, the thing I've been hearing for the past little bit in my assignment to the body of Christ, and I want you to write this down, type it in your phone, take notes somehow, some form, some fashion. Um, and there's, we have some of these notes on the table that you can go by and pick up at the end of service. Because um, I want you to be able to open up your Bible, put your eyes on the Scripture, and see what God is saying to you about where you're at and what you're going through. Will you believe God with me for His exact will to be done this morning? For the exact word. Okay, we're all going through things. We're all overcoming things. We're all at different places in our life. But we know that God says don't forsake coming together because we hear different whenever we come together as a family. See, you hear in your own personal life, whenever you're home Monday through Sunday, when you spend your quiet time with God, there's an anointing there. God wants you to be led by the Spirit of God. You have the Word of God. The Spirit of truth leads and guides us into all truth. But there's a reason why he says when you come together, you're going to hear at a different level. He says, I've given you the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist for the equipping of the saints, for the maturing of the body of Christ. The offices of ministry, I don't want you to look at me as a man. If I know you, I don't want you to look at me. Well, bless God, that's, that's O'Tray up there. Not when I'm in this pulpit, I'm not O'Tray up there. I want you to, to listen. Look through me to see him. Look through pastor to see him. To the degree that we can honor a man and woman that we can see, it empowers us to honor a God we can't see. But if we can't honor men and women that God puts in our life that we can see, we're not going to honor a God we can't see. We can make a God we can't see say anything we want Him to say. So to help us mature and develop, God puts leaders in our life to, that have an anointing, an assignment to share His heart, His word. And the degree that we take that word and apply that word, it empowers us to follow a God we can't see. 
So I want you to expect to hear the voice of God today. First Chronicles 14. If you have your Bible, turn over there. First Chronicles 14, verses 8 through 12. And this is what I've been hearing here lately. Breakthrough, accelerate, and don't back down. Breakthrough, accelerate, and don't back down. God is wanting to reveal Himself, and God is wanting to break through in some areas of our life, and He is wanting to accelerate some things, but our job is not to back down. Say, not back down. Don't you back down and be in who God has called and created you to be. Don't you back down and be in the man that God's called you to be, the woman God's called you to be. Don't you back down. Do not back down. Quitting and throwing the towel in is not even an option for us. Don't you back down. Do not back down. Don't back down. That has to be a quality decision on the inside of you. You say, well, bless the Lord, man. Life is hard. You have the DNA of Almighty God on the inside of you. And there's nothing about him that quits. There's nothing about him that backs down. There's nothing about him that something is too hard. Breakthrough, say breakthrough. Accelerate and don't back down. Breakthrough, the definition of breakthrough. It says an act of overcoming or penetrating an obstacle or restriction. An act of overcoming or penetrating an obstacle or restriction. What is that obstacle or restriction that has been standing in your way to the area that you're called to? In your business, in your family, in your calling, in your assignment. What is that obstacle or restriction that has been trying to hold you back? It's a military offensiveness that penetrates an enemy's line of defense. That when God breaks through, he's wanting to break through the enemy's line of defense. He's wanting to break through that obstacle. He's wanting to break through that restriction in our life. And you know where breakthrough starts? It starts in our mind. It starts in our heart. It starts in our words. That in order for God, and that's why I want you to write these scriptures down. I want you to begin to think breakthrough, believe breakthrough, talk breakthrough, act breakthrough. What is that obstacle? What is that restriction that has been holding you back from being the person God has called you to be and going into the areas that God has called you to go into? That devil is not bigger than God. That obstacle is not bigger than God. That lack is not bigger than God. That disease is not bigger than God. That restriction is not bigger than the God we serve. But what does it take... For us to break through, it always takes faith in the kingdom of God. Say breakthrough. Breakthrough. First Chronicles 14, verses 8 through 12, and I'm going to read out of the Amplified Translation. And it says, And when the Philistines heard that David was anointed king over all of Israel, they all went up to seek David. Now the Philistines represent the enemy. And notice it didn't say, and a couple of Philistines got together and went up to take David out. No, it said all the Philistines. All of the Philistines. You ever felt like all of the enemy has showed up in your life? Your physical body, your finances, your family. Do you ever feel like all of the enemy has been unleashed against you? It says they all went out to seek David and he heard of it and he went up before them. And now the Philistines had come and made a raid in the valley of Rephim. And David asked God, that's a wise thing, isn't it? And David asked God, shall I go up against the Philistines and will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said, say the Lord said, go up and I will deliver them into your hand. Now notice this, David, he didn't have the Bible like you and I had the Bible. 
All he had is the word of the Lord. All he had was the voice of God. All he had was the word of the Lord. And notice what he did. And the Lord said, Go up and I will deliver them into your hand. And Israel came up to Baal-perizim, and David smote the Philistines there. David said, God has broken my enemies by my hand like the bursting forth of waters. Therefore they called the name of that place, Baal-perizim, the Lord of breaking through. The Philistines left their gods there, and David commanded, and they were burned. Now notice this, that okay, David sought the Lord, he got a word from God, and what does faith do? Whenever you receive a word from God, what does faith do? Faith acts. David didn't have any proof that he was going to win. He didn't have any guarantee in the natural that he was going to win. All of the Philistines had come out against him. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not a hundred. All of the Philistines had come out to stop him. You know, it's easier. This is young in David's assignment. It's easier to stop an infant than it is a mature adult. Notice how the enemy always goes after the dream in the infant stages. He always goes after a church in the infant stages. He always goes after an assignment in the infant stages. Because if he can take out the infant, it'll never grow and become a mature adult. Don't let him take this church's assignment out. He can't do it. Don't let him take that dream in your heart out. He can't do it. He's not big enough if we don't let him. David had no proof in the natural, but he had a word from God. He had a word from God. And what did he do with that word? He acted. And whenever he acted, what began to happen? God began to put his super on David's natural. Do everything you know to do in the natural, but while you're doing the natural, expect God's super to come upon your natural. Our action is our seed. Just like finance is a seed, a thought is a seed, word is a seed, our action, when we receive the word of God and we act upon it, that's our seed for harvest to come. David needed victory, but what did God need from David in order to bring the victory to pass? He needed a seed of action in order to bring the harvest of victory. And it says that right here, he says, God has broken my enemies by my hand. By what I did in the natural, by what out of my obedience, by me putting feet to my faith. God broke my enemies by my hand like the bursting forth of waters. Like the bursting forth of waters. Have you ever seen on TV or maybe you've experienced, or how about I was up here a couple months ago and the rivers were running from the runoff. I mean, that baby was rolling. Have you ever seen what floods do whenever a flood shows up in a community or in an, in an area? What does it do? It rearranges and it changes things. Nothing that's standing in its way can stop it from going where it's wanting to go. And David said, what happened is I positioned myself and God showed up in such a way, it was like the bursting forth of waters. It was like the bursting forth. They were saying nothing that was in my way from the enemy could stand a chance because like a, like a flood... The Spirit of the Lord lifted up a standard against him. Isaiah 59, 19 says, When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Like a flood, the Spirit of God. Like a flood, the Word of God. Like a flood, the power of God. Like a flood. I want you to see that hurt. I want you to see that pain. I want you to see that obstacle. I want you to see that lack. I want you to see that hindrance. I want you to see that obstacle. I want you to see the Spirit of God rearranging and changing things. I want you to see the Spirit of God moving that thing out of your path. But you've got to see it in here and in here and have it out here before you see it out here. Say breakthrough. 
And he goes on to say, therefore, they called the name of that place, Bel Prism, Lord of Breaking Through. After he had the victory, David, he built a, a memorial to God. But so every time they would come by that place, they would be reminded, I begin to know God as the God of breakthrough at that place. At that place, David, see, David knew God as shepherd because he had a that place that he experienced God as being the shepherd. At that place, you hear David refer to God as a rock or a fortress or a deliverer or a high tower. All those are experiences that David had. And, and upon each experience, his faith grew and his relationship grew. And he knew God in a different way. Well, this, this is the first time you see God showing up as the God of the breakthrough. But David had an experience at that place that changed the way he thought about God. God is wanting us to have a, that place that changes the way that we see God. See, at that place, in an upside-down horse trailer, I experienced Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Then there was a that place that he was no longer somebody else's healer, but he became my healer. So you can't talk me out of God's will to heal. I know it's God's will to heal. Why? Because I've had a that place. You can't tell me that God won't set you free and deliver you from addiction. Why? Because I've had a that place. Of uh, that place, what is a, a that place? Everybody in here has had a that place where God became your savior, God became your healer, God became your deliverer. And maybe you're just at your first that place, but if you'll stay in the process, you'll have this place and that place and that place and this place and that place that you can always go back to. See, there was a that place when David was out there tending the sheep that he began to say, it's not right that the bear take my sheep. It's not right that the lion kill my sheep. And God began to show up and that took that place onto the battlefield to take down Goliath. He said, I had a that place where he tried to kill the lion and the bear, but he couldn't do it. The, 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 the lion and bear tried to kill the sheep, but he couldn't do it. I had a that place that God showed up. And he says, and God is going to show up in this place the same way he showed up at that place. God wants there to be a that place that he becomes known to you and to me in greater degrees as the God of breakthrough. God wants to break through in my life. Say, God wants to break through in my life. See, God is no respecter of person. The same way that he broke through for David is the same way he wants to break through for us. Acts chapter 10, verse 34, God is no respecter of person, but he is a respecter of faith. See, at that place, when they'd go by, David would remind his family, remember at that place God broke through for us. Last night when we were filling up with diesel and Casper, talking about that place as I was telling my wife and, and my daughter that uh, there was that place when I was just first rodeoing and stuff and I was learning how to live by faith and I was having all these that places and experiencing who God was and His character and nature. And, and I was by myself up here in Wyoming rodeoing and I'd run out of money and I pull into the flying J and I'm declaring God's word. I'm learning that God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm learning that whatever I put my hand to, I'll prosper and succeed. I'm learning how faithful God is to watch over his word to perform it. But I'm out. I'm out of food. I'm out of diesel. I'm out of everything. And I pull into that flying J and I just put my truck in park. I turn it off. And I sat in the truck for a while not knowing how I'm going to move from this point on. But I'm, I'm continually declaring the word. God, you said you would supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Father, you said I have given and it is given unto me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Through the hands of men you would give unto me. 
Father, you said because of my tithe that you would open the windows of heaven and that you yourself would rebuke the devourer for my sake and you would pour out the blessing that there's not room enough to receive it. And you said all nations will call me blessed. And so I get out and I'm walking around in the Flying J truck stop up and down every aisle and I'm just meditating on the word and I'm thinking on the word and I'm declaring the word. And this man comes up to me out of nowhere and he says, Sir, it is just really on my heart. I feel like I'm supposed to give you this. And he gave me enough amount of money to fill my truck with diesel to get me to the next place. And then God continued to provide from there. He was at that place. I mean, my parents used to think I was just out of my mind. I mean, there was times I, I left. I went from uh, uh, South Dakota, from Lubbock, Texas. I was on the Texas Tech Rodeo team. And I was the only one that made the college national finals my junior and senior year in college there. And I, I knew I was supposed to go to the college national finals. All I had was $40. And I wasn't, I wasn't telling anybody. I was, God, your word's either going to work or it's not going to work. I remember when I gave my life to the Lord, I told the Lord, I don't want to play church. You're either real or you're not real. And I've just been after him ever since then. And so here, here we are, we're at college and I'm learning. And there was times I've had that place, you know, Pastor Daniel, where you know, I hadn't eaten for three days. And it wasn't because I was trying to be spiritual, you know. It was a, it was a force fast, you know. I... But I kept standing on God's word. I wanted to know that God would show up and that God would perform what his word said. And I hadn't eaten in three days and the college rodeo came around. And sure enough, I come around and I win the first go around. And it's like, yeah, baby, victory. And so I went up, and got my check and I cashed it and I went to Denny's. <laughs> and I loaded this table up. I ordered one of everything. And my stomach had shrunk down to that. I think I maybe ate a half of an omelet or something. But I put everything into go boxes. See, it might not be that big a deal to you, but at that place... God became something that he hadn't been to me before. When I was leaving Lubbock, I knew I was supposed to go to South Dakota, and I had $40 in my pocket, and I headed out to South Dakota, and I'm, I had $40 in God's Word. And I'm driving down the road, and I'm listening to teaching, because I was so hungry. Just I'm hungry today. I, was, if, if, I mean, I didn't care if it was Presbyterian, Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal, whatever. If it was God, I was hungry. I, I, wanted, I wanted God to show up. And so I take off driving, I'm listening to this guy preaching on the radio, and he just stops. It was a live broadcast. And he says, there's a young man driving down the road right now, and you need to know, you've just stepped out in faith, and you need to know that everything is going to be okay. You know, and I'm like, oh, God, you know, I'm learning this because my life put my life on the line. I mean, I'm just, and I'm not kidding, 30 minutes later, a group of men called me. Is whenever, I mean, with cell phones had just come out or whatever, so, you know, the big phones that, I mean, you'd rack up $1,000 real easy. Remember those things? They call and says, Trey, a, a group of us have got together and we know you're going to the college national finals and we want to sponsor you to go up there. See, at that place, at that place, God showed up in a way that religion told me he wouldn't show up. I could go on and on that place when God brought me Heather and Chloe. <laughs> it, was, it was that place that God became the God of restoration to me. It was at that place when I seen the presence of God consume Heather from the top of her head to the soles of her feet and bring healing to her body. It was at that place he became the God that heals to her. See, at that place when my oldest daughter had a growth coming out the side of her, her neck right here that the doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong. And over 30 days, every day, I'd just hold her in my lap and I'd rock back and forth and I would declare, Father, you've already sent your word and healed every manner of sickness and every manner of disease. Father, your faith, when I just declare healing scriptures over and like the 31st and 32nd day I woke up and it was completely dissipated. See, it was at that place, at that place. See, God wants every one of us to have a that place. What are you going through right now? 
God wants us to get to the place where we know. We know. Exodus 18, verse 11, Jethro, the father-in-law of Moses, this is what he said. He says, now I know that God is greater than any other gods. Now I know. I know. God wants us to think on the word until we know. He wants us to hear the word until we know. He wants us to declare the word until we know. Philippians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. I think they have it. I want to read it to you right here. God wants us to know. Say, He wants me to know. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. Notice how he says, for I know, I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation and my hope, what are you expecting in life? He says, I got to the place that I know that this is going to turn around for my deliverance. I know that this is going to turn around. Whatever symptom you're facing, get to the point where you know that God is going to show up and bring healing to your body. Get to the place that you know that God is going to provide for your financial need. Get to the place that you know that the same God that delivered somebody else is the same God that's going to deliver you. Do you know that God wants to break through in your life? God wants us to know that God wants to break through. God is willing, God is able, and God is faithful to break through in our life. He wants us to know. Jeremiah 32, 17. He says, Oh, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. There's nothing too hard for you. There's nothing too hard for you. There is nothing too hard for you. I keep saying it because I want it to get down into your heart. There's nothing too hard for God. I don't care what disease. I don't care what lack. I don't care what financial situation. There is nothing too hard for our God. But how do we, how do we live in it? How do we experience it? How do we walk in it? We've got to get it. We've got to give God something to work with. With our thoughts. Thinking on God is the God of the breakthrough. And there's nothing too hard for my God. With our heart, I choose to believe that nothing is too hard for you. The same way you healed this person, you healed me. The same way you delivered this person, you delivered me. There's nothing too hard for my God. Say, there's nothing too hard for my God. I don't care what your business is facing, your family is facing. There's nothing too hard for our God. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to me because I believe. Say, all things are possible to me because I believe. Luke chapter 1, verse 37, it says, For with God nothing is ever impossible. Nothing is ever impossible. Nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Nothing is ever impossible. No word from God shall be without power and possible of fulfillment. See, God is wanting to turn some things around. God is wanting to break through. Say breakthrough, accelerate, and don't back down. Part of Paul's knowing that this is going to turn around for his deliverance, he says, it's going to be according to my expectation. According to always means set standard. When you see that word and that phrase in the Bible, according to my God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory, it says set standard. 
Paul says, okay, I know that this is going to turn out for my deliverance. I know. I'm not guessing. I'm not wishing. I'm not hoping. I'm not wondering. I know. I've got to the place that I know some things. See, the devil wants us to focus on what we don't know. I don't know how this is going to come. I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know where the money is going to come. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But God wants us not to focus on what we don't know, but focus on what we do know. I do know that God is in me. God is for me. God is on my side. I do know that today God supplies all my needs. I do know that God is for me and in me and on my side. I do know that he's assigned angels to us. There's some things that you do know. Hold on to what you do know and it'll erase what you don't know. What is it that you do know? What is it that you do know? If all you know is that you're saved, start right there. Thank you, Lord, I'm saved. Thank God I'm forgiven. Thank God I'm not going to hell, but I'm going to heaven. At least I know that. You shut up, devil. This is what I know. What's the worst thing that can happen to me? Me go to heaven? That's a win. (laughs) You know? I do know. I do know. Paul says, I I do know that this is going to turn out for my deliverance, but it's according to my expectation. What are you expecting? Psalm 62, 5, the psalmist David says that I silently submit to God and my expectation, it comes from you. Proverbs 23, 18, it says, in my expectation, it's not going to be cut off. So are you expecting God to break through? It's going to be according to your expectation. Are you expecting God to show up? Are you expecting to walk in health and healing? Are you expecting wisdom? Are you expecting your footsteps to be ordered by God? Are you expecting to to connect with the right people at the right place at the right time? Are you expecting God's favor to surround you like a shield? And are you expecting God to be the one to promote you? Because when God promotes you, no devil in hell can hold you back. Are you expecting, expecting? Expecting according to my age, he says, I know that this is going to happen because I'm expecting. I've got to the place that I'm so expecting. Proverbs 23 says, and my expectation will not be cut off. God is saying, I want you to know me as the God of the breakthrough. I want you to realize that I want to accelerate things. Listen to the definition of acceleration. Acceleration is increase the rate or speed of something. Increase the rate or speed of something. It's the act or process of moving faster or happening more quickly. God is wanting to take us further faster. When God is saying He's wanting to accelerate, He's saying, I'm wanting my supernatural ability to bring my plans to pass in your life at a faster rate. I want to take you further faster. I want to take you further faster in your family, further faster in your calling, in your assignment. Years ago, the Lord says, Trey, I want you to know I'll never skip the process. I'll never bypass the process. But if you'll stay in the process, I will speed it up. If we will stay in the process, God will speed it up. I don't care if you haven't been serving God for 60 years. I was talking to a man a couple weeks ago, close to 70 years old. He says, Trey, I remember when I was 17 years old, I told the Lord no because I thought I was having too much fun in the world. I don't care how old you are, your purpose does not go away. Even while you were strung out, purpose was still beating in your chest. Even while you were in jail, purpose was still beating through every breath that you took. Even when you were resisting God, purpose was still knocking on your heart. Proverbs 19.21, the purpose of God remains forever. Now whether we walk in that is up to us, it's not up to God. 
He put it in us. He already has the plan. He already has things in motion. He already gave us the name, the word, the blood, the spirit. He, always, he already gave us everything we need to fulfill our purpose. But we've got to get in the game. In order for God to speed it up, we've got to get in the game. God wants to take us further, faster. Say further, faster. And maybe you're at that point that you felt like you've had so many defeats in your life that there's no way that you can fulfill the purpose that God has put you on this earth to do. But God is wanting to accelerate things. He's wanting to break through. Remember, go beyond the obstacle, go beyond the restriction, go beyond the enemy's line. He's wanting to do that for me, say for me. But then when he breaks through like a, like a water, like the, the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him, he wants to break through, then he wants to accelerate. He wants to speed it up. He wants to take you further, faster. In order for us, listen, in order for us to do every single thing God has created us to do, at some point in times in our life, there's going to have to be acceleration. There's going to have to be acceleration of finances. There's going to have to be acceleration of relationship. There's going to have to be acceleration of wisdom. There's going to have to be acceleration at some point in time. 1 Kings verses, or chapters 18 and 19, I just want to read to you out of verses 4 through 8. Say accelerate. God is wanting to accelerate some things in my life. Say it. God wants to accelerate some things in my life. Now, now stay with me here. Okay, don't let your hiney get numb and your mind get numb. I want you to keep expecting. Okay? Don't, don't disengage thinking, bless the Lord. How long is this guy going to go? I'm going to go long enough. All right? I want you to keep believing God with me. Don't you let yourself zone out. You've got to train yourself to pull, train yourself to expect. I know that you're used to getting the word of the living God, but you've got to know that this is God's word for you, for you specifically. Breakthrough, accelerate, but don't you back down. Don't you back down in your learning. Don't you back down in your listening. Don't you back down in your receiving. Don't back down. Say no back down. So, and what's happened up to this time, you have the prophet Elijah. Now picture this. I mean, this guy, he had just whooped 450 false prophets. Took them out, kicked tail, took names, 450 men. I mean, that's, that's doing some work, right? But then one woman shows up on the scene. <gasps> and she says, the same thing you did to them, I'm going to do to you. And he takes off running. Just what, 450 men, one woman shows up, he says, I'm out of here. And so this is where we find him, up here. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough. You ever felt like in your life, man, it, it's enough. What else can happen? I mean, it feels like it's coming on every turn. It's enough. And now, Lord, take my life, for I'm no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly, say suddenly. That's acceleration. Suddenly, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. Say, arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. You know, God sees what you're called and created to do. He sees where you're created to go. And when you know whenever you're truly walking in what God has called and created you to do, it's bigger than you. It's bigger than your paycheck. It's bigger than what you can figure out in your mind. 
It is great to have a rational mind. It is great to, to have dot your I's and cross your T's. But don't let your reasonal, reasoning mind talk you out of what God has called and created you to do. You know, everything having to make sense can talk you out of your destiny. Everything having to add up on paper can talk you out of your destiny. Because most of the things God asks you to do are going to go beyond what you can do in the natural. I say most things, everything. <laughs> and the prophet, the, the, the angel said, okay, you need to understand this journey, it's too big for you. So I need you to arise and eat. I need you to arise and eat. The angel was tapping him, I need you to arise and eat what God has provided Today the Holy Spirit is tapping you and he's saying, I need you to arise and I need you to eat because what he's called you to, it's made much greater than what you're able to do on your own. And what he arose and what he ate empowered him, accelerated him for the next 40 days, 40 days and 40 nights. He went on this supernatural food. It empowered him into the next season of his life. There was acceleration because he made a decision, I'm going to arise and I'm going to eat. What is God wanting you to arise and what is God wanting you to eat? Remember Jesus, Matthew chapter 4, verse 4 in the wilderness. He says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What is God wanting us to arise and eat today? What is he tapping you on the shoulder saying, if you will eat what I'm bringing you today, it's going to give you the empowerment to accelerate you into the next season of your life. He's wanting us to eat breakthrough, accelerate, and don't back down. That is the word of God. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Breakthrough, accelerate, and don't back down. Breakthrough, accelerate, and don't back down. Don't you back down on your dream. Don't you back down on your assignment. Don't you back down on your calling. Don't you back down. Whatever you believe God for, maybe you gave it up. Maybe it got too hard, just like the prophet Elijah. It, it's enough. It's not going to happen. I, I feel too old. Too many obstacles. This person did this and that person did that. Don't you back down. I want you to recapture the dream that God has placed on the inside of you. Recapture that promise that God spoke to you. Just because it's taken some time. Promises don't have an expiration date on them. They're not like a jug of milk. If God gave it to you through faith and patience, you inherit the promise. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promise. And the angel was tapping him. Today, the Holy Spirit is tapping you, saying, if you will arise and you will eat, it will empower you for acceleration over the next stage of your life to take you to the next place God has called and created you to be. Breakthrough, accelerate, and don't you back down. Say, no backing down in me. Or maybe, maybe you're like Moses. In Acts chapter 7, verse 23 through 36, it says, at the age of 40, it dropped down into Moses' heart that he was supposed to be the deliverer of the children of Israel. So here he is, a 40-year-old man. And he sees this Egyptian and he sees this Hebrew out there and they're fighting with each other. So he shows up and he says, guys, you know, and he starts telling them, you know, you don't need to be fighting about all this. And he looks around and he kills the Egyptian. So he goes back to the palace and the next day, because the Bible says that Moses, because it dropped into his heart, please hear this, he thought they would understand that he was called to be their deliverer. But the Bible says the next day he goes out and these two Hebrews are arguing, two people in the church are arguing, and he tries to, to, to break them up and tell them, okay, guys, you don't need to do that. And they said, what are you going to do, kill us just like you did the Egyptian yesterday? The Bible says they didn't understand what God had dropped into his heart. 
There are times that people aren't going to understand what God has dropped into your heart. There are times that your family's not going to understand what God has dropped into your heart. But see, you've always got to remember, God didn't give them the faith that He gave you to believe what He told you. They didn't hear what you heard. But whenever you hear the Word of God, then the faith is there to believe the Word of God, to act upon the Word of God, for the Word to become flesh and dwell among us, for His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when God drops something into your heart, you have a faith to believe it like nobody else can believe it. So here he goes out and he runs in the desert. He goes out there for another 40 years. So here he is, 80, to accelerate. 80 years old. He's out there and he's learning some things. He's had a couple of kids at this time. And then he has an experience with a burning bush. He has an experience with an angel out there. And, 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 and he begins to tell him that God has chosen you to be the deliverer of the children of Israel. God has said what he said to you years ago. It's still his will. What God spoke to you years ago, just because things look different, just because it took longer than what you thought, God's Word is God's Word, and God's Word is God's will, and God's Word doesn't change, and His will doesn't change. We're the ones that change a lot of times. We're the ones that back off because it gets too hard. We're the ones that back off because it doesn't look the way we think it's going to look. We're the one that wants to throw our sucker in the dirt and pull our ear and suck our thumb, and what about me, and life is too hard. Every one of us could have a story like that, right? But we're making a decision. We're not backing down. That's right. But at the age of 80, Moses had an experience with God. And in one year, he went from the desert at 80 years old to leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. In one year, I would say that's acceleration. This dream that he thought he was too old, this dream he thought would never come to pass, came to pass in one year because he stayed in the process. He didn't back down. Or how about Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 and 2? This is one of my favorite ones because we can all relate to Jonah here. The Bible says, and Jonah heard the word of the Lord a second time. A second time. And the Lord says, go preach the message that I've given you to the city of Nineveh. See, the first time, what did Jonah say? Uh-uh. I'm not doing it. You ever told God no? Don't look at me so holy. But the great thing about God is He doesn't give up on us. And just like Jonah, the Bible says he heard the word of the Lord a second time. And when he heard the word of the Lord a second time, and he received the word, and he was willing to do the word, then God accelerated his assignment upon the earth. So you're sin, and you're disobedient, and you're resistant to God. I don't care if it's been 50, 60, 80 years. As soon as you say yes to God, you position yourself for acceleration of your assignment. See, when you say yes to God, you say yes to overcoming. You say yes to divine health and healing. You say yes to victory. You say yes to purpose. You say yes to destiny. You say yes to the power of the blood. You say yes to the word of God. You say yes to all that God is. When you say yes, God, and you surrender, you're saying yes. All of me says yes. He heard the word of the Lord a second time. You've heard the word of the Lord. I've heard the word of the Lord maybe a second time, a third time, a 50th time, a hundredth time. Thank God God has never given up. But as soon as we say yes, we position ourselves for acceleration. Breakthrough, accelerate, and don't you back down. Don't you back down. Acceleration. Say accelerate. God's wanting to take us further faster, just like he did Jonah. He wants to take us further faster, just like he did Moses. He wants to take us further faster, just like he did Elijah. He wants to take us further faster, just like he did Joseph. Speaking of Joseph, you think of Joseph. 
did the people in his life, their choices, affect the process of, of God's will in his life? Now, now, maybe let me rephrase it. Can people's choices, other people's choices, stop God's will for your life? No, they can't. There's no person on this earth, there's no devil on this planet that is big enough to stop the will of God for your life. But can other people's choices rearrange and change the way it looks? Can it postpone as far as the length of it? Joseph had a dream at a young age and his brothers, they got ticked and they sold him to slavery. Did their choices affect Joseph's journey? Yes, but God was with him, and he got promoted. He got sold into Potiphar's house. He got elevated. He became in charge of Potiphar's house. But then Potiphar's wife accused him of rape. He got thrown into jail. Did her choices affect his journey? Yes. Did it affect God's will for his life? No. In the prison, he got elevated where he was running the prison. Years in the prison... He, some guys had some dreams. He interpreted the dream. The guys got out. He stayed in the prison for another couple years. Did their decision not to tell the king about them affect his journey? Yes. But in one day, he went from the prison to the palace. I would say that's acceleration. Even though other people had left him, either, even though other people's choices affected his decisions, even though it was hard, and even though it was difficult, and even though things happened to him that were not right, because he stayed in the process, God was able to accelerate what God had called and created him to do. So I want to encourage you, if you are like Joseph, and other people have done things and said that, every one of us probably have that story, right? It's some form or fashion. Keep your heart clean. Because if you'll keep your heart clean, God will accelerate You keep your heart clean. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You keep your heart clean. What do I mean by keeping your heart clean? Don't don't think that you have the right to hold on to the unforgiveness. Because a lot of times we feel justified. I have a right to be bitter. You don't know what they did. I have a right to hold on to this unforgiveness because you don't know what they did. And us feeling like we have the right, and you, you, it is your choice, but as far as wanting to walk in all that God has for you, you're going to have to deal with that unforgiveness and bitterness in order for God to accelerate. Because the unforgiveness and bitterness isn't hurting the other person, it's only hurting us. So when I say keep your heart clean, make a decision, I'm going to release that person. I'm going to release that situation. I'm going to, I'm going to forgive that parent. I'm going to forgive that business partner. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to release. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to keep my heart clean. And Lord, I'm trusting you to accelerate. Take me further, faster. I know that they or nobody else is big enough to stop your plan. Lord, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you for breakthrough, acceleration, and I'm not going to back down. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what the obstacle is. I don't care how long it takes. Lord, break through, accelerate, and I'm not backing down. Do not back down. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. I'm getting ready to be done. It says, let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right. For in due time and at the appointed season, we shall reap if, say if, We do not loosen and relax our courage and faint if we do not back down. If we don't throw in the towel. If we don't throw our sucker in the dirt. If we don't back down. 
If we don't back down, we walk in victory. If we don't back down, we walk in the promises of God. If we don't walk back down, we're going to walk in new, greater levels of the presence of God. Greater glory, greater goodness, greater power, greater healing, greater manifestation. If we don't back down. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 35 in the Amplified. It says, do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. Listen, for you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so, so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. Don't back down. Don't back down. Breakthrough, say breakthrough. breakthrough. Accelerate. Accelerate. Don't back down. Close your eyes if you don't mind. I want you to see what is that obstacle that's been holding you back. What is that restriction that's been holding you back? God wants to reveal himself as the God of the breakthrough in that area of your life. If it's financially, if it's physically. If it's financially, I want you just to raise your hand. I want to pray over you. Church, let's release our faith with one another. You can put your hands down, but those of you that lifted your hands, we, we want to set ourselves in agreement. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we declare breakthrough. Father, we know that is your character and your nature and you're no respecter of person the same way that you broke through for David. I declare breakthrough financially for every member of this body, every member that raised their hand up. I declare breakthrough. Father, go beyond the obstacle. Go beyond the restriction. Father, just like the, a flood, the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against that lack. Lack, you have no place in their life in the name of Jesus. Satan, you take your hands off their money. You take your hands off their promotion. You take your hands off of their increase in the name of Jesus. Now go ministering spirits to the north, south, east and west and you cause increase to come into their life. You cause abundance to come into their life. That they are blessed to be a blessing and we declare breakthrough. Say breakthrough. breakthrough. Now with heads bowed, eyes closed. Stay with me. Breakthrough. Obstacles. Restriction. God wants to take us further, faster. Maybe it's a physical symptom in your body. One of you, you came in here with pain in, in your right elbow. And as I was preaching, the Lord ministered to that elbow. I want you to check your elbow right now. Who is that? And, and the pain's gone. Who was that? Come in, pain was there, and now pain is gone. Thank you, Father. Prostate. Prostate. You, you've been dealing with issues, heads about eyes closed. I'm not here to embarrass anybody. You've been dealing with issues with your prostate. Or you had a report on the prostate. Is that you lift your hand? The prostate. Father, in Jesus' name, I release my faith for healing in that body in the name of Jesus. Father, I just thank you and I praise you for the healing power of God, for breakthrough, for acceleration. Accelerated healing. Accelerated healing. Ears, you've been having issues in your ears. If that's you, raise your hand. Issues, several issues with ears. Place your hand upon your ears, right where you're at. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I release the healing power of God to break through into that obstacle, that restriction, that restraint in the name of Jesus. And I release the anointing of God to accelerate complete healing and wholeness in those ears. Ears, you listen to me. You function the way you're created to function. You hear perfectly and completely in the name of Jesus. Now, pain, you dissipate. You no longer have a right. You no longer live at 
that address, I command you to be gone. Hurt you be gone. Ringing you be gone. Deafness you be gone. In the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. Ha ha, money. Hmm. Tumors. Tumors. You've had some form, uh, or it's even a family member that's had a report of tumors. Who is that? A tumors. Tumors. Here, here. Y'all, y'all agree with me. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I speak to tumors. I curse you in the name of Jesus. I command you to dry up. I command you to be gone in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Tumor, you, you no longer have a place in that body. I don't care where you're at. I don't care where you're located. I don't care how you got there. In the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, I pull you out by the root and I command you to be gone. In Jesus' name, amen. I declare breakthrough, accelerate, and we're not backing down. Father, I pray over this body of believers right here. I pray over this next season in this house. I declare the blessing of God upon this church. I declare breakthrough in this house. And that word does not return void. This place is known as the place of breakthrough. Breakthrough mentally. Breakthrough physically. Breakthrough financially. Breakthrough in marriages. Breakthrough in dreams and destiny. I declare breakthrough in this community in the name of Jesus. That the favor of God intensifies to such a degree that they know that God is in this place. If they need help, they come here. They celebrate the life of God in this place. And I declare acceleration. Acceleration of finances, acceleration of partners, acceleration in the helps ministry, the children's ministry. I call in the resources to build this house. That is an example of your goodness and your glory in the name of Jesus. Wealth, you come into this house to fulfill this assignment in Jesus' name. Breakthrough, accelerate, and we don't back down in the name of Jesus. Father, if there's been people that have fainted, they've gotten tired because it's been so hard and it's been so long and it's been so difficult. What they believed you for, it seems like it's, it hasn't ever going to come to pass. Well, today's a new day. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to strengthen them in their inner man. That is this word just radiates in their heart as this word ministers to their spirit man that there's a new life on the inside of them there's a new hunger on the inside of them there's a desire for restoration and breakthrough and acceleration and there's a a decision being made that there's no backing down I'm not going to back down on what God has told me if you've made that quality decision to not back down today I want you just to lift your hand up say I've made a, a decision a new decision on the inside no back down hands all over the place you can put your hands down Father, I declare that there's just a a spirit of tenacity in this house. A spirit of faith rises higher and higher like an edifice in this house. We bless you, Father. Thank you for breaking through in our minds. Thank you for breaking through in our physical bodies. Church, let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Eyes closed. I want us, if you would turn up that song, if you don't mind, let's just worship for a moment. We love you, Father. Just love on Him. I want you to see that obstacle breaking through. I want you to see yourself accelerating in the things of God. I want you to see yourself not backing down in your praise, in your worship, in your giving, in your faith, in your words, in your mind. No back down. Let's go after Him right now. We love you, Father. We glorify you in this place, Father. We thank you for your faithfulness, Father. Glory to you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, right where you're at, just love on them. Worship Him right where you're at. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory to you, Lord. Glory to you, Lord. Glory to you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We thank you in advance for the breakthrough. We thank you in advance for the acceleration. We thank you in advance for the healing. We thank you in advance for the financial increase. We thank you in advance for the answered prayers. We thank you in advance for strength in our bodies. We thank you in advance for visions and dreams and assignments and purpose and destiny. We thank you for restoration in families today. We thank you in advance for healing in eyes today. We thank you in advance for healing in those ears today. Healing in the, the prostate area. We thank you for healing in physical bodies. In the name of Jesus, we give you glory, Lord. Glory, Lord. Glory, Lord. Glory, Lord. We declare your glory, Lord. Thank you for showing us your glory in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of us said, Amen. Hallelujah. Pastor Daniel, did you get something out of the Word today? Give the Lord praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.